welcome to the Mic Check Podcast with our inaugural episode with our guest, Jay Static, producer, DJ, as well as all his social media content, of course. I, um, I think you forgot a bunch of stuff, actually. Did I? Right. He's got, uh, I think, a music website. He's a content creator. Yep. Uh, what else do you got? You got a podcast. Buddy, you're doing it all right now. Yeah, host of the Frequency and Friends podcast, of course. I'm down. There we go. Um, I'm your host, Navi Rai, with my co-host right here. Anuj D, what's up? Okay, as we get into it, there's a bunch of stuff to talk about, get through all the processes. But first and foremost, you just got back from a pretty uh, epic wedding. Yeah, crazy. Two weddings. Two weddings. Two weddings. Yeah. One of them, of course, of a prolific singer that you've worked with, Garnadula. Mm-hmm. I had one thing, though, like, I, lo- I looked at all the vendors and they all seem to be like our friends yeah bunch of toronto vendors guys we all know all follow so i was getting yeah. to see what they're posting i like, love how you cool. just you brought that in like asap that's crazy no yeah <laughs> might why, as not, well. why not start with a bang right yeah so uh yeah gunnan's wedding mexico was pretty bomb uh gunnan spoke to me like i think it was a couple months ago he's like yo what's up like I need to lock some shit down. Do you know who's good for destinations? I was like, yeah, 100%. There's only one guy, Ixamer the God. And we we're like, yeah, let's hook him up. Let's let's see what's up. And then they connected. They hit it off really well. And after that, you know, Ixamer took over and just kind of made the whole thing happen. Yeah. Shout out to Destoed. 100%. Former employee over here. They call Ixamer El Jefe in Mexico in certain places. I call him El Jefe in fucking Toronto. There yeah. you go. That's a big <laughs> shout out, buddy. Uh, Anuj, I know you mentioned one other thing when we were off camera is that it's crazy how many like connects come from Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like whether it be music industry or even flowing into like the weddings and back and forth, that connection, yourself being a part of it. And a bunch of these vendors, as they came from here, got that kind of like we have this huge wedding industry here yeah you take advantage of it right yeah. like get the right vendors for the right situation i guess that just i think with their like with their situation was one and i'm just speaking completely openly and i'm not sure if it's true but like if i was a guy that was that prolific would i want my hometown people doing it maybe not yeah Fair maybe enough. not so much you might know some people out there you might want to keep things away from people that's one. And again, this is me speaking it's like speaking from my own personal self. Of course. Um, but then when I was talking to AXX, it was like, yo, we're gonna we're, we're gonna make sure our people shine. And we have the, I personally feel like we have the best talent in that industry, like in any industry. Across the board, Toronto holds it down. England's probably fucking crazy too, but still Toronto holds it down for North America. I think we are the guys that kind of make shit happen. Yeah, absolutely. Innovators, right? Okay. Yeah, hundred percent. So then uh Ix talked to me. He's like, uh, you know, I think I'm going to do this, this, and this. I'm like, yeah, let's let's do it. Vendors wise, it makes the most sense. Even when it came to bringing our guys down, he was like, yo, who do you think? What do you think we can do? Who do you think we can bring? You know, he's got a you know a little bit of a DC crowd. Like, what else can we do to make this happen? That's why Navi and I weren't there because <laughs> we're not Punjabi MCs. We're MCs who are Punjabi. Yeah, which is slight like difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, different crowd. That's fine. To it's me, it's like you know Jyoti, obviously. Punjabi's on point. The best Punjabi MC yeah. there is. Yeah. So like he rocked it. He held it down. Then we had Prince. He's got the energy. He's got the popularity. He did Diljit's opening of a concert. Like yeah. he's got Vancouver. that thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Brought him down. He ripped it. Then we had uh, SP and Manit, uh, DJM. I can't, I don't know what, 
I can't say DJ names. It's weird. It's but okay. like uh, SP and as long M, as they're right in the PDF, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they held it down. Like they fucking held it down. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, crazy. So huge wedding. So do you feel like you played a big part in connecting everyone that went down there? Uh, that's all awkward. But yeah, like uh, I, I, I mean, I we gotta give credit where it's due, right? I connected um, Gutten and um, Destawed, and I think from there. Iximer held down yeah, the rest of the vendors. The yeah, that makes. But sense. like, if I'm gonna, if if like, if Gunnan's gonna ask me, "Yo, I want to do a wedding in Mexico. Who do I talk to?" There is not a single other name that comes into my head other than Iximer. Yeah, and that's straight from just one. We're with him twenty four seven, and two. I think everyone across the board, all DJs that I know of, for the most part, when we're DJing, we're doing Iximer's events. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The experience is. he gives, yeah, hundred percent. That's what it is. But I think you're totally right, especially on that concept of the Toronto vendors, the yeah. skill level. Just we had like the biggest Daisy population outside of India, just like concentrated with Westernized yeah. vibes here with Toronto and Brampton. Obviously, Brampton, Vichamundo, Renda. That's it, buddy. There we go. But too many shoutouts for JJ. Right yeah. now. That's a good segue, right there. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. No, because like obviously with Babu and his song exploding, like there's a reason it came from Toronto. Like obviously other cities do big things and they have artists, but I think there's a reason that. Toronto always comes up is that fact of man like we have competition here with each other yeah. and there's so many of us so it just leads to competition breed success yeah I can't be a worse MC than a guy at a different company or even guys on our own team 100% otherwise I'm not getting bookings yep and I think that's the same way and like that's where guys like Babu and Just Rain all come from I think our arts community in Toronto is unlike any other community out there like our arts community is insane we've done like shit from events like i don't want to say shit because it's just i'm putting no, in the wrong yeah, basket no, no, no. but like we've done stuff where it's helped our arts community grow to a certain point and i think everyone's with youtube with soundcloud with everything like yeah. everyone's been able to prosper on their own especially in our whether it's comedic arts to music arts to visual arts to book writing to whatever we almost have every single place on lock across the brown community, across the hip hop community, across the pop community. Like if you think of the top guys in any community, you're pretty much going to say they're from Toronto. Yeah. If you, sure. or they're from Ontario, which yeah. is crazy brown or not. No, straight up. We got it's crazy. Drake's been ruling hip hop for like 15 years. Weekend. Years. Justin Bieber. I was, yeah, I was wondering if JJ was going to say Justin Bieber. 100%. Justin, <laughs> Bieber, but Justin Bieber is a pop god. Like, there, you yeah. can't even come close to not acknowledging that. Like, sure. that he's fucking on point. Even, like, you know, artists that are younger, they're coming up. Sean Mendez. 100%. You know, um, there's a bunch of people. Daniel that, Caesar, Jesse Reyes. Like, uh, so many undercover, lower, you know. Yeah. Not lower. I don't want to oh, say lower. Alessia like, Cara, they have every lesser popular. Success, yeah. But we, they're still running the charts. No, they're amazing. They absolutely. Kind of, I think that's why, again, and I think people look, because we're in Canada, they don't look at it the same way. Yeah. Even when I started doing anything in the entertainment world, people were like, why don't you move to like LA and New York? I'm like, I don't have to. Yeah. Like we, New York, LA, and then Toronto, that's how it goes in my brain. Yeah. Like for that world of entertainment or whatever it may be, for Desi stuff, Toronto, I think is top. 100%. But then if you reach out beyond the Brown community, we have things that like every other large city that I just talked about to have because things like second city for acting and yeah. arts, 
you know, you can't get past East End Toronto without seeing three or four parking lots full of Toro- uh, New York police cars. Yeah. yeah. Because we have so many sets here. Major yeah, movies yeah. get shot here for 100%. that reason. And I think it just, it, it separates us because of that. And us being the only Canadian city that has it, it's always one of those big things. Obviously, they shoot in other places in Canada. We have beautiful, like, nature. and Vancouver. Vancouver, of yeah, course. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things that I feel like goes on overlooked sometimes. Yeah. But I think that was the traditional path to success before was, Hey, the Mike Myers, Jim Carrey, everyone had to leave Canada yeah. to become famous, go to LA. That path is, has completely changed now. And it's the internet, right? SoundCloud, as you said, for music producers, YouTube, all yeah. of these channels that we have Instagram, right? Yeah. Look how many people are becoming famous off Instagram and just being influencers. Yeah, I think it's more so like entertainment companies, like the larger entertainment companies, the larger management companies, the larger whatever, they live yeah. in most likely LA. So if you want management that has that reach, you're going to go to LA. Just Rain. I think I would. Where is Just Rain? Yeah. He's <laughs> working on a, some shit. Let's he's put working an APB on out on him. Man. He's working on some shit. I haven't actually spoke to him since he's been off, but I've heard from obviously people around him. Yeah, he's doing some shit. Like he's got something in the works, which is bomb. But speaking on him, like even him, based in Toronto, did everything in Toronto, but he always made his. He always connected in L.A. and his L.A. connects were always whether it was management, whether it was meeting with people, whether it was like in other collabs that he wanted to do. Yeah, he would always be in L.A. doing his thing, and then he'd come back. Lily, she's out there all the time. Yeah. Humble, he's out there all the time. Like all these guys are out there all the time. And there's a level of being out there. And then there's the connections from being out there. And there's the management from being out there. I think that's a big role that Toronto doesn't have. But in terms of talent, Toronto's the talent's got it. all here. Right? Yeah, for sure. So speaking on that and your journey itself, uh, obviously you've kind of been around the entire world in your in your journey, right? From England to New York studies like can you talk about your journey and where it started and how you ended up in toronto that's crazy um toronto england all right <laughs> my so i was born in england then um i moved here when i was like well my parents moved here and i was like three years old so i was technically i'm born like i'm grew up here you were raised but like man. i was I you're still toronto hold down i'm still <laughs> i still hold down that i was born in england i still i still love that um did everything here went to school for no reason here which made no sense went to university for absolutely no reason what degree uh undergrad degree were you doing uh geography and minor <laughs> in multimedia so well, the, minor, the minor i rate but the only reason i had to do close. the major in geography because there was no major in multimedia so they're like major in this and you'll get the minor in that i'm like all right cool i'll do that all right so if we ever need a map drawn i JJ's got you 100 go percent. <laughs> ask me about any city i'll probably get it wrong uh <laughs> Then after that, uh, my whole goal was to actually do production on some larger level. Yeah. And then uh, my parents were like, yo, just one thing. We don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Just do one thing. Just go to school, get a degree, and then do whatever you want to do after. Go fucking DJ for the rest of your life. Go do whatever you want to do after. Just get that degree. Got the degree. They spoke to my brothers. Once they spoke to my brothers, they're like, yo, we don't know what he's doing. Is it, was, is this, does it is this make okay? sense? Yeah. And they said to him, but they said to my dad, they're like, either he's going to hate what he does for the rest of his life and like go work at a regular job or go work somewhere and hate it. Or you let him go do what he wants to do. And if he makes something out of it, he does it. And shit happened. And we're here now. And I feel like we did pretty well. Uh, So my dad was like, yo, go. So I went to New York, 
studied audio engineering, which I thought was a production school, which it was not. And I learned how to come back, okay. learned how to engineer. Yeah. And then. So how did you learn how to engineer? Through that school. Okay. My teachers are like uh, Wu-Tang's engineer. Wow. Was one of my teachers. 50 Cent's engineer from, had that one of the head engineers of uh, Atlantic Records. Amazing. Was one of my teachers. Uh, Whitney Houston's head engineer was my teacher. And then those three were the main guys I remember, like full on, full on. Uh, even U2's mixing engineer i'm pretty sure he taught at our school one of the engineers taught at a school and but like i don't I how don't long were, were you in year. new york for one whole one year. one okay. full fucking year three semesters kind of deal two semesters probably one of the best experiences of my life just in general being in new york and learning music in new york is just sure. insane tell us about new york like what was the vibe while you were there it was crazy because it was 100 percent non Punjabi. Yeah. it was everything but Punjabi. i was the only Punjabi in my class I was class president, which made no sense. <laughs> Look at this guy, student yeah. council. Class president <laughs> everywhere you go. But then I have like, you know, there's like Mexicans, there's Spanish people, there's a Swedish guy, there's a Gala in our class. There's like a whole bunch of like mixed vibe in our class. Yeah. And everyone's just learning from each other. I would bring like random ass Punjabi remixes and I'd show it to my teacher and be like, oh, this sounds cool. That sounds cool. That could be better. You should mix this a little bit better. And you just get ideas based on that. Well, you don't need cool. to know the language, as I've noticed sitting in the studio when you guys are working. Nah. This, you, that's the first Punjabi word you used this entire time. And I was just sitting here, I'm like, that was rare. Yeah. I didn't I expect that from Jay <laughs> Sanding. I was like, we're sitting here, he doesn't, you don't know a lick of Punjabi really, and you're fixing Punjabi singers who yeah. are full. Your inflection on the end can be a little bit higher, your yeah. pitch can be a little bit better. I'm sitting here, I'm like, I think he's faking the fact that he doesn't know Punjabi because there's no way you can fix. I, I understand. Then. I'm gonna fix that. I understand Punjabi. Okay. Like I'm gonna say to the 96th degree. Pretty okay. good. Pretty but good. student council president. I cannot <laughs> speak because I sound, as you can tell, like a 100 percent white guy. Oh, okay, yeah. fair enough. And I don't sound anything else other than that. No, that's fair. I, I say the same thing. That's when what a uh, was saying earlier of the where MCs that happen to be Punjabi. I'm like, uh, when the clients come to us and they're like, you know, can you do a full gig in Punjabi? No, no. That's when I called Joe. No, thank you. Yeah, literally. Yeah, there's no chance of that. You just don't get the same performance from us as MCs. Both of us thinking so much more. We're thinking about every single thing we're saying. Uh, You don't want to flub. You know, there's people in the crowd. You you always know someone at every party. It's crazy, right? So, I'd rather you know throwing it in, no problem. But really, for me, give me the fusion weddings, which are the wave of the future. I absolutely love them. What about you from a DJing perspective? Like, what are your favorite weddings? Uh, huh. I'm not gonna lie. I love my DCS weddings. I love like trucker crowds. I think those are fucking bomb. Because you get to play, <laughs> you get to play like yeah, hundred percent. You get to play everything, and no one gives a shit. Everyone loves their old school. Everyone loves their new shit. Everyone's down. Yeah. But there's also a side of me that loves like the fusion weddings because you get to play everything. Like I'm talking like. When you get to drop hip hop, reggae, especially old school shit, like it's a vibe unlike anything else. Such a vibe, man. I think every party should end with some nice nineties reggae. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Shout out DJ. Cheer, in the cheers to off camera. Off camera. We got our sound engineer in the building. <laughs> uh sorry, back to the parties. Um, can you think of any outside of your own wedding? We forgot to mention newly married man. Congratulations oh, on yeah, that. Congrats, there you go. Big up Ramen as well. Yes. Uh, your wedding itself was epic, but 
One thing I found, uh, as I was lucky enough to be there, all, all of Frequency Entertainment was there. So oh, thank yeah. you for that. Um, even though you had so many different, let's call them celebrities in the Punjabi industry uh, who have great songs, huge songs, viral, there were still no performances. Yeah. And I hate performances. <laughs> I wanted you, you to talk on that. Like, why did you guys go in that direction? I like, then it becomes about the, uh, it becomes, it's like, it, yeah, it becomes about the artist or it becomes about this performance and it stops the whole dance floor. Yeah. And my thing is, if I'm throwing a party, which I pretty much am, yeah. it's pretty much a jam. If I'm throwing a jam, I want everyone to vibe, dance, have a good time. I want everyone on the dance floor, which I feel like at the wedding, everybody was on the dance floor 24-7, just yep. vibing and dancing. As soon as a performance happens, you stop. A circle gets formed. People on the outside start disappearing. Everyone kind of is like, oh, what the fuck's going down, on? Right? Yeah, which I'm, even me personally, when I'm at events and I see that happen, I'm like, ah, like, yeah, I like your songs, but I'd rather hear it. I'd rather hear the DJ play it. Yeah, you know what I mean? For sure, for sure. No, I completely, I hate, and again, if it's your thing, no hate to you. Like, you yeah, do 100%. your thing, whatever you like at your wedding. But I, like, that was a total, in my eyes, like a vendor decision. Yeah. We're at so many events. We're like, how do you keep the dance floor full? How do we keep this party as lit as possible? There's for as long as possible. Three things. All you have to do is All right. put the DJ next to the fucking dance floor, put the bar even closer to the dance floor, <laughs> and make sure no one stops the dance floor. Yeah. Uh, don't do, if you do one of those three things, something's going to go wrong. There's a hitch in your party. Yeah. And if you have great vendors, like, yeah, we might be able to save a situation, which is like 70% of what I do when something like that happens is like, okay, I'm going to try my hardest. Yeah. But again, you have put an obstacle in our way now. Yeah. But speaking on that, like, you obviously have like a little gripe on when people do things you don't like. Yeah. I think we all have things that we prefer not to happen at weddings. Yeah. What's your biggest just like pet peeve? I think mine is, I don't know, there's one or two. I think there's two pet peeves. <laughs> one is, uh, personally, don't stop the dance floor. Like, no matter what it is. I don't care about a speech. I don't care who the fuck shows up. Don't stop the dance floor. Please, God, do not stop it. Number two is, um, shit, I lost my train of thought. Number two was... You go get long programs? Not nah, yo, I swear to God, I'm down with long programs. I love yeah. when that dance floor opens at fucking 10 p.m. Every I'm a hundred percent loves a long the program. 11 p.m. Come dance on. floor. That's what it should be always. Uh, 11 p.m. I'm, if you have a dancing crowd that will dance for the whole night, max stamina 9:30 is the earliest you can open your dance floor, and that means you have the best crowd of all time. Yeah. They're still not tired from your week of partying. 100%. Because we're at DC Wedding. We have six nights of partying leading up to the seventh night of partying. Yeah. And, yo, if you're starting in any earlier than that, you're not closing down the dance floor. There's not going to be one more song, one more song. There's going to be no more songs. Yeah. Because there's going to be three people on the dance floor. Yeah. So we're going to be like, all right, cool. Time to pack up. Yep, yep. Lights on. Let's go home. If you, like, listen to us when we're talking, be like, hey, maybe start a little later if your program's short. So even if it's a short program, Give people time to drink and dance. There's nothing wrong with a drunk audience. Yeah. The only reason we even close the bar is so people aren't talking from the bar. And if it was up to me, I would never close the motherfucking bar. Yeah. Never. I would leave that bar <laughs> open and people could talk over all the fucking speeches. Do it. Not really. Of course. But like <laughs> I get it, the respect is there. But when people are ripped, you know that dance floor is dance floor is gonna be that much better. It's like going to a club. I say to I think I've said it to almost every client. And I, it's not to be rude, but it's like, treat your 
reception like a club. Yeah. When have you ever gone to a club and not started drinking during the pre-events or like during pre-events during the pre pre-drink pre-game? Pre-drink. Yeah, yeah, the pre-game type Someone's thing. Someone's condo. You're gonna yeah. There's DJ like DJ's playing like yeah. cocktail music and you start you're drinking. Not even there. Yeah. Just start drinking. Have a good time. If you don't drink, go vibe out with people. Do whatever. Yeah. And then once the program starts, sure, take a little bit of a break or open up the outside bars. Let people go outside. Let them do their thing. And leave the inside bars oh, uh, closed. Then once the dance floor opens, or once that slow dance starts, close those bars on the outside. Start opening the bars on the inside and transition over. Yeah, and you have it all. Uh, that's a that's the JJ package, right? Hundred percent. I think the only point that we haven't mentioned also is brides and grooms need to stay their ass on the dance floor. Like when Big you leave to your bridal suite issue. for thirty minutes for whatever you're doing, please stop that if you want a jam because. People are there for you. Yeah. They want to be there for the, the bride and groom. So if you're on the dance floor, people are having a good time. You're creating that vibe, that whole aura. When you're not there, man, it's October 14th. I've already gone to nine weddings this year. At 100%. least I can speak in Toronto. I don't care anymore, man. Time to go home. Yeah. You know, let's go eat. Let's get, yeah. get out of here. So please stay on the dance floor. Yeah. Yeah, you're giving me incentive to the Karna crowd to eat and go. Yeah. And I, I mean, how many times have any of us done that at any wedding? Like you just oh, yeah. go to a wedding. You're like, all right, cool. I'm going to show face and then I'm going to dip. But then how many weddings have you gone to where you're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go there. I'm going to dip. And then you go there and you're like, yo, everyone's vibing. Like Brian and groom are going nuts. Yeah. Fuck. I'm going to stay. This is bomb. You just end up staying because if they're having a good time, why not? Why aren't I having a good time? That's it, man. They yeah. create the entire vibe. of hundred percent. But I do have a very hard time. It's funny. We were talking about this off camera, uh, being a guest, like even being a guest at your wedding, I had to like, Check in with Jyoti, who he was totally fine. But hey, bro, you need anything? Like yeah. my wife's like, where are you going, man? Sit yeah. down at the couples table. Like check in the DJ. Hey, everyone, good. Like it's very hard to be a guest, especially like when you're going to a wedding. You know, for someone you care about, you you just want everything to go well. It's in, inherently yeah. in you now. You don't know how to just chill and sit down and be even a, guest. a wedding where you don't know anyone. You end up at the <laughs> DJ booth, or you end up talking to the crane guy or you know, talking to whatever <laughs> you're just like yo you you good all right cool let's chill all right let's oh, chill. we'll up? chill with yeah. the crane guy for sure no the vent the vendor mind never shuts off even not like true. if i'm at like a club i'm just like yeah, the audio in here is kind of off I'm, yeah. just sitting here, I'm not even a dj i'm just like hmm like what's this could have been better like this could have been better the lighting's a little weird like what's going on here yeah uh, i've I, t- I attended a wedding and I, I don't know about you but there are obviously levels to different vendors I've gone to like family MC events where they don't ask like a professional. They don't get yeah. a professional. And it's just, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. Have you had to attend an event where the DJ is just. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Garbage. Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I've, I've been, to, you don't have to say names. I'm just saying, I like, can you know, say names. Here's the point. <laughs> I don't even know the names of the DJs that I've seen at those events. Shots fired. But I see it and I'm like, like who? How? How did you even? How did you even pick up whatever you picked up and thought you could DJ? He went to the school of YouTube. <laughs> even failed. that, there's like there's levels of there's levels of DJing. There's like there's I'm a great DJ, but I can't crowd read. Okay. Okay. Then there's I can crowd read, but I can't DJ. Which I'm fine. I'd rather take the I I can crowd read, but I can't DJ. I'd rather have that guy at a wedding. Then have I'm an amazing DJ, but I can't crowd read. Because yeah. to me, it's like, what's the point of being able to scratch if you're gonna drop a fucking shit song? Yeah, Whereas really I'd nice. rather have you off beat, fucking mixing, <laughs> but that song is a banger, and I'm going buck on the dance floor. Yeah, 
I don't know. Crowd reading is a is an art on its own scale. Yeah, I think it's an art in every discipline, almost in the wedding industry, right? Yep. As a photographer, you you got to know if there's that you know family member who wants the pictures, no matter what, and leading up all week to the reception, they've got their own family pictures and stuff, just to keep them happy. Do that, like you have to read the crowd. Even the same day, yeah, a same day. Think about a same day. I've always said, like you're making everyone pause and watch your same day at it. A thought of all the events that got put together and you have to have everyone watch that and be like, oh, that was sick. That's that's crowd reading on its own. That's yeah. how, how good you're editing. How good is your storytelling yeah. via not storytelling, but through visuals. That's that's a complicated task on its own. It's super hard, man. Like I even get to events about an hour and a half ahead of time. Uh, I know our DJs are already there usually. Well, most DJs in the city, definitely frequency DJs. Um, but just to read the crowd, see what's going on during cocktail hour, see what's up with the crowd. What, like, are they going to react? Listen, if I try something during the program and it doesn't work, I don't want to be cringe. I'm not going to keep going with yeah. it. And that's based on what I know from the crowd. However, there's other crowds where there's people from all over the world attending and you're just going to get that, you know, whole UN vibe. Everyone's going to be ready and excited to yeah, do yeah. something because they, they're reaching out to you as you're walking around. Hey, who are you? How do you know the bride and yeah, groom? Yeah. That's going to be a different party, right? Yeah. So that's, it's very important, I think, in every discipline. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know about you guys. When I'm, if, like, yeah, not every crowd's perfect. We've all had crowds that are kind of like, meh. Lame. Yeah, like, I'll right, say Yeah, it. lame. Fucking, they suck. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like trying oh, yeah. my hardest to entertain and I'm going through it. My goal is always like, let me find one person. Yeah. Let me want one person. You're at a wedding. There's always one person vibing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One table, whatever it is. I had a girl last year at the most boring part ever. She was from the UK. Yeah. Shout out to them because people, when they come from the UK here, they're ready to party. Yeah, 100%. She brought like CD on with her, like little metal whistles to come. And she stood on her chair. This like five foot nothing girl. Stood on a chair and was wiling every time I, I tried love to hide that. from the crowd. And I was like, you're my favorite person. When you're into it like ever. that, it's a whole nother level. It makes her, it makes her, vibe so much more fun like if you guys are having fun i'm having way more fun yeah if you if i'm like make some noise and i get yeah, yeah, yeah. i got oh, cool soft claps yeah soft go home kind crowd but, but some, yeah. sometimes you can't blame the the audience as well again if the bride and groom haven't been there all week if it is october november they've gone to so many weddings already you know but you can also tell the crowds that are invited just to be invited to fill a thousand person wedding and sure. a crowd that's how many 300 person or 200 person weddings have we done which is fire Compared to a thousand person wedding, which 100%. is like, why are you guys like, I bet you half of these guys don't even know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. The bride and like, groom no probably clue. don't know their names. hundred percent. Right. Table. Yeah. 47 and above. And I think that was a really important thing. I cut a lot of shit out of my wedding. Like I cut, not that I cut. Yeah. I did cut a lot of people. Like, I feel like and my family was on board. Whereas like, let's focus on the people that we know. Let's focus yeah. on the, on the community that we know. Same with her. It's like, let's focus on the people that we actually talk to. I don't want to walk around a crowd and be like, oh, who, who is that? this person? Yeah. Like who, or who I don't, I have no idea who you are. So did you guys have any wedding crashers? Uh, probably. I have no <laughs> idea. Actually, no, we did have a couple. There you go. Yeah. 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 How were they dealt with? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to leave it at, I don't know. No, I don't just, know. That's a good answer. There, what's security, man? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need security. I had friggin' frequency. We're good. Uh, yeah, we're no. good to go. But those, it. if you're inviting more than you know, you're inviting your own party crashers. Yeah. yeah. You're like, yo, here, come crash our wedding, eat our food. We don't give a fuck about you. We don't know, but we have to fill yeah. X amount of seats. It's actually the only positive thing I've seen from COVID. Yeah. Was that like after COVID, I've just noticed they see size weddings are just smaller. 
Yeah. Because they notice, they're like, oh, wow, those like small events we were forced to do are a lot more fun. 100%. I wonder why. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah, but I'm happy we're not at that point when it was, what, 10 people in a backyard? They might have got a DJ. They were not getting an MC, nah, that's nah, for nah, sure, nah, 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 nah. at that point. No, no but they, they definitely got smaller, but I'm still, for this year, booking 1,000 and 1,200 person large wedding. So yeah, it's I'm going to say no to it. No, yeah, of course no. not. Of Hell course no. Not. It's there. But uh, speaking of like the wedding industry itself, you've been in the wedding industry, what, 14, 15 years now yeah, itself? How did you get discovered? Jitten. Jitten. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, Empire Entertainment. There we go. Yes. Uh, I was teaching a, I was teaching a club event in Hamilton. I also went to McMaster. So okay. I, teach, I was teaching a club event at, Forgot what quarters? the place was called. It's, it's no, not, no, no. It's not, open not quarters, not 77. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck was. It wasn't 77. 77 was bomb. Fat Lounge? Uh, I have no idea what the place is called, but it was some random ass event. Yeah. It's probably and a Whole Foods now. There was like a promoter that was kind of whack dealing with it. And I think there was a payment thing issue or whatever. So I think Jin was like supposed to DJ or was going to DJ. And then I think he was leaving. I don't know what the whole situation was, but then I started DJing and I. S- I saw him at the bar. Obviously, I know who Jitten is. I'm like, yeah, this top dog. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, started DJing, and he came up, and he's like, yo, you're really good. He's like, have you ever DJed weddings? I'm like, nah. He's like, do you want to? I'm like, eh. Why not? Oh, I'm, like, right. I'm down. He's like, it pays better. I'm like, nah, I'm down. 100% yeah, there you go. Down. That's the. Yeah, he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to set you up. And then we chatted, and then we signed a contract, and then we just. So that happened. was uh, DJ KSR and DJ Envy. Uh, your partners in frequency were they also on the empire roster they were uh i went to so i started i don't know what year it was i started with them and then i went to school at new york and then when i went jim was like yo we need someone to cover these punjabi gigs because you've been ripping them all and then gummel's been teaching for a while so i was like yo are you down he's like yeah 100 so he took over and then when i came back I think it like tripled or doubled. I don't know what, the, or doubled or tripled. I don't know what the situation was, but yeah. uh, it got to a point where we needed a third guy. And then I think Gummel told Jitten about getting Envy. Yeah. And then the three of us were together, started DJing nonstop. And then a couple of years later. So before we get to the couple <laughs> of years later, how was that lifestyle as you, as you got Loved into it. this new basically realm for you, right? Not club DJing, but was, what was the difference between club DJing and DJing a wedding? Uh, one, number one, you're not, well, at that point, you're, you're not really playing clubs. So you're not doing like hip hop and stuff while you're warming up. You're not, you don't have to worry about the next DJ coming on. You're playing the whole event yourself. That's a plus, uh, cause you're taking care of everything and you're not worried about what you play cause you get to play everything. Uh, downside is it's not for three hours it's for fucking seven hours and you're yeah. djing the whole fucking event and there's a program and there's things that you don't know about like Jen threw me in scenarios where i like had to figure out lights and i was like yeah what the i don't know what the fuck what are moving heads and he's like yeah. yo how do you not know how to use these i'm like <laughs> scared shitless but you kind of figure it out and sink or swim kind of thing yeah and I'm I'm glad I was put in that situation. I feel like a lot of guys are not put in that situation. There, a lot of guys are like babied on that level. Where There's no, we training. got a tech for you. Oh no, we got this for you. Whereas him, he was like, figure it out. Like yo, it's like why are you calling me? Figure this fucking shit out. And like not in that rude way, but no, no, be kind of in that's, that rude that's how way. He sounds yeah. Like to, to he's like yo, figure it out. And I'm like, 
when you get put in that situation, you're like, well, I don't want to fuck him over. So all right, let yeah. me just, let me see what I'm doing. And kind of happens. No, that's definitely. Um, and again, I'm, I'll, I'll say this outright. Like I came over from empire as well. Like years later that like sink or swim that like do so many gigs. Cause the empire name and you're getting them, even though you're new at this yeah. and you're just there. And sometimes you don't have an, uh, like a empire DJ or somebody who's been in the industry a yeah, while. Yeah, so yeah. you just figure it out on the go. It makes you get better. hundred percent. It makes you get better. Like, Hey, do this many events. Like, well, these are a lot of events. Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm there. Okay, cool. So now next time I have a gig and I'm sick or whatever, this now I'm like, not a big deal. Yeah. I want to have that one lone event on a weekend easy weekend yeah. like, i'm not even stressed about it anymore even some djs i've seen like that like you're talking about like, c- complaining or being sick or yeah. whatever um i've seen some djs who are like sick and just canceling it like i'm not going to be able to come to this i'm sick like i've had strep throat i've had a fever i've had everything and shown up at a fucking gig and just been like yo i got a dj i got ttt honey bourbon lemon fucking drink too just to get me a little buzz I, I, there had I'm to chilling. be some booze there yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like medicine balls to like fucking whatever else and you got to do it like it's your event are you going to ruin your name or are you going to do the event for sure this- if you're getting into this and you don't have a rider like a, hey what do i put in my to-go bag you're doing something wrong yeah like you have a, i have a spray for my throat or whatever drink i need to get to get nope. through that gig yeah. suck it up princess you need to get your ass to the event work it because if your face isn't out there you're also promoting somebody else to 100%. Do your job in your crowd. Yep. So what's in JJ's rider or in his bag? Oh, nothing. Nothing. To be honest, I get everything from the bar. <laughs> All bartenders know who for JJ is. So I can actually vouch for that in yeah. Toronto. My I don't wife, think, I think my I wife has every- a rule when I'm actually gigging with JJ, I have to Uber that day because I know uh, I'm going to drink and have a good time while I'm getting him drinks as well. I'm so down. that's for sure. So you guys are having this awesome time at you know Empire Entertainment. Uh, you've brought on your boys and your boys boy what's that inflection point where you say you know what the three of us should just go out on our own and start our own thing what happens and like how do you go about starting your own company uh i actually think it was gummel who i'm pretty sure it was gummel that came and he goes yo we, we got so many gigs it's like everyone's asking about us i'm like yeah i'm pretty sure that's how the conversation went down it was either that or me and him just randomly spoken and that came out. So yeah. I don't, my memory shit, obviously too much alcohol. <laughs> um, that was like the kind of general consensus. And then uh, we were like, yo, should we try it out? Like, should we try to do something? And then I think before that point, uh, we always wanted things to progress, like move forward. We wanted like, you know, that whole England style of weddings to come into Toronto. Cause England's ahead of the, with DJing England's mm-hmm. way ahead of the game like they know they're bringing shit that's like 10 years in advance yeah so we're I'm watching like guys like kudos and I'm watching like these guys bring out shit and I'm like oh fuck man like they got two TVs on a on a DJ booth like how the fuck do we get that over here yeah and so we have talks and I feel like things aren't like progressing where I would have wanted them to progress to and I think Gummel might have been in the same boat pretty sure he was uh nv2 and then we had our conversation we we're like yo if, if we're all going like we all go and i think we ride had, or die basically ride or die yeah like yeah. if we're gonna do this we all got to do this because like this is only going to benefit us it's not going to be like hey we're superstars but it's a long growth and like just like jitten that was a fucking long period and he's still ripping it for, no, sure. for sure so i think uh we just we I, we met up at denny's 
pretty sure we met up at Denny's one day here in Ontario. Why are those always there? That's it. Every vendor meeting is at Denny's, whether it be because it's always open. That's it. And then we met, and then we decided we're like, "Yo, fuck it, let's do this." And then we had the conversation with Jitten, and he obviously was not happy. I don't think a lot of people would be, which is fair. And you know, we have a good relationship now. Um, I hope. I think so. And uh, I, from my end, we have a great relationship. (laughs) Relationship. We'll Um, find out in the comments. Yeah. (laughs) Um. And yeah, after that, we just, I feel like we started doing things. Like well, I went to uh, England and I know the Kudos guys pretty well. Shout out to the Kudos Straight up, for sure. shout out Kudos. Yeah, love all those Jazz guys. Jazz Joel, H, Harv, oh, all see, the guys. You got into the list. I've gotten in trouble before because I'll forget one. But shout ah, out to all of them. It doesn't matter. They're not going to. Rajiv, see? Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Everyone's going to be fine. Yeah. There we go. Calm down. Got you. Don't get uh, this, Yeah, don't get your panties in a twist. <laughs> Relax. Knickers. Knickers. Uh, we've been drinking. Shit happens. Yeah. yeah. So I so Jazz's cousin is my cousin's friend's cousin. So there's like a Makes weird Gandhi, random Gandhi, Gandhi. my cousin's friend and Jazz are cousins. That's how I okay. should have said it. So I was like, yo, I want to get in touch with these guys. He's like, yeah, not a stress. Made it happen. I went to their office. I talked to Jazz. Jazz's like, yeah, no stress. What do you need? I'm like, I want that booth. He's like, cool, no stress. Here's the guy's contact. Talk to him. Talk to him. Did it. He shipped it down. It was done within like a matter of like four months, three, four months. And we were the first guys in Toronto to have a DJ booth. Wow. Whereas everyone else is behind a fucking facade. Yeah. Or not even then. Then there was no facade. It was literally a table with black tablecloth. If you're lucky, otherwise you're getting white. <laughs> you're getting that nasty oh. darka friggin' tablecloth that people oh. wipe their hands on. Ugh. Oh lord! And uh, yeah, we had that came through, and then people started seeing shit like, oh, like it's a thing. Like we it should get this to too. Yeah. yeah. And after that, it was just, sky's the limit. Shout out to him again. Yeah. Hey, I want to do more than weddings, and I want to do you know even this podcast. Yeah. This is one of the things that came about. Like, hey, anybody else down? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, cool. First guest. Yeah. You're like, yeah, no problem. Let's do it. Let's yeah, get it 100%. done. All right, cool. Let's have some fun. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, more companies that have popped up since, right? There was obviously a bit of a monopoly at one point, and now we've moved past that. Um, although, you know, I think we're still the top in the game. I'm not just saying that because we are top in the game. That's not, that's not even a, that's the are. truth, right? Facts are facts. Facts are facts. But my, my favorite I, are the people from outside of Toronto. They're like, how do you have such a big roster and everybody has gigs? Yeah. We have that many gigs. That, you answered your own question. Yeah, we have that many gigs. That's just what it is. I'm, it's like, oh, you're going to get... Like, people are saying that to me as I was picking a team. I was like, oh, I'm going to sit down with everybody and have a meeting. 100%. And I have a good relationship with everybody. Let, let's do it. And one person... Again, I'm not going to name names on that, name but they were them. just like, nah, fuck it. It's not pointing. Uh, and then he goes, yo, like, there's seven MCs if you join that roster. And I have my own gigs. They have gigs. I'll get gigs. Yeah. No problem. And it just became a thing where even when i joined the team i'm like what is going we're always here yeah at the studio till like three in the morning sometimes just getting things done i have a huge i have a huge thing about people not accepting competition meaning accepting meaning like i've wanted djs to be a part of this team i'm like there's some really good djs on other teams yeah like really good djs and i've wanted them part of this team so whenever I've reached out to him, I feel like the general consensus consensus is, uh, but like I have to compete to get my gigs. It's well, to me, it's like you don't, well, you don't have to compete. You're 
if your brand, if one, if I'm, if I feel like if I'm reaching out to you, your brand is pretty strong. Yep. Number two, if you have that brand and you have that like belief in yourself, you'll get the gigs. Like prime example on our team, and I could say this wholeheartedly is Jax. DJ Jax. Okay. Oh, and him. not to just only uh, like put on one but he's guy. He's a good example. Yeah. He's an example that works is and I'm sure there's other examples too, but Jax we did like he a prodigy brought him on. He was a friend of Prodigy's. They knew each other from before. Shout out DJ Prodigy. We're, we're shouting out Prodigy because he's in the other studio 100%. recording some sick songs, right? Yes. You might not be here, but we can. That's yeah. Cool. But if, if you listen very closely, <laughs> right, <laughs> it's a possibility you might hear some unreleased shit. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, he brought him on board and then we're like, yo, this guy's solid. And he used to open up for a couple of guys or help a couple of guys out. Then he started getting his own gigs. While he started getting his own gigs, um, maybe like a year into it or whatever it was, I was throwing some stuff called Freak Rooms. And I'm sure you guys will figure it out later. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, starting into Freak Rooms, and Freak Rooms are just like parties that we do. And we, you know, shoot them. Shout out Lucid. And, uh, Big shout out Lucid. Big, Lucid. Can, can we say that? Lucid the end, but Put it, putting this podcast together would not have happened without Lucid Films. Yeah, I'll Lucid's completely honest. Cam, Cam is the yeah. god. Cam is the goat and the god. Dolo provides good uh, comedian. Hundred percent. Yeah, I will say that for but Dolo. We, I, me coming out like, hey, there's only gonna be three of us on this thing. <laughs> it's gonna be easy setup. Easy peasy. This is that we're gonna start. We said that like two hours ago. Yeah. Two and a half hours ago. And then Cam comes like, these guys think this is gonna be easy. Nah. And, and thank God up. I can. I have a voice and I can MC because I am a horrible AV tech. Yeah. I was trying to help Cam set up a tripod. Couldn't do it for the life yeah, of man. me. It oh, is man. hard work. So shout out to you for sure. But Straight up. Back to you, JJ, as you were saying. Uh, Jack. So I was doing, um, I think it was M's, yeah, M's, um, freak room at Solarium, and we needed a opener. And I was asking Minnie, I'm like, yo, are you down to get Jax? And he's like, yeah, 100%. I'm like, all right, cool. Got Jax to do it. M and Minnie both ripped it. Jax to the point where I was like, yo, I'm 100% making this into a freak room on its own because he fucking destroyed it. And then he came to me afterwards. And he's like, yo, the amount of people that have been reaching out saying, yo, you killed it. Yo, you killed it. Yo, you killed it. It's crazy. Then I just had a call with Gummel today, KSR. And he's like, yo, I think Jax is the number two or number one booked out guy on our team. He's like, wow. since your wedding, everybody's been like, who was that guy? Who was that guy? Who was that guy? How do we get him? Who was that guy? I'm like, shit. And that speaks volumes. I send him to my boys what i well i was there but like in mexico he did my boys wedding juggy and uh shout out the firm and yeah. <laughs> uh he said i put him out there and even i was going nuts i was like yo you are too fire like you're too good at what you do like he's i don't even know if he's a newly acquired dj like i don't even i've never asked about his history but his song selection is on fucking point no it is what like for a guy when i came onto the team and i'm like I heard of Jax and mixes on SoundCloud. How are they coming? I'm like, oh, cool. This kid's like really good. Um, I wonder what team is. I'm like, oh, he joined Frequency. Great. That's cool. Yeah. When I joined a team and just attending events to see this guy's mind at work. Yeah. You know, big shout out to him. Like he's just and doing everything the right way. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do shit. No vices. He's a sober guy. I wish I had 40 of him. Uh, it's yeah. so crazy. 
don't get me wrong. I fucking I drink at weddings too. I wish I yeah. didn't, but yeah. I came from a club era. I feel like a lot of us lot guys of us came did. from a club era. Club era is you got a bottle, you're fucking drinking, and you're DJing. I yeah. wish I wasn't in that realm, but I am. It is what it is. That's how you get into it. This guy, yeah. sober, sober ass dude, and he still connects with the crowd. No, it's it's wild to see because I don't drink when I do gigs a lot. Uh. Like I'll have like a beer. It's like whatever. Like the beer touches my lips, and I'm like, all right, party mode's active. I'm good. Crazy. And again, like dries out my throat and stuff. So I'm like, all right, I'm good. I'm good without it. Like honestly, like the more the DJ is my friend or somebody we know or some guy on our team, I'm like, yeah, yeah I guess right. I could leave my car here tonight. Like yeah. it's fine. Like it happens. Whatever. But when I see these guys, they are just a little bit more meticulous than us. Like we, I think, I think it's a different style. Even yeah. emceeing to sober or like with a buzz or a DJ, I was like, all right, some guys just are better when they got a buzz. Yeah. They feel that party vibe. They're they're in that element and hundred percent. They get that way. I feel like it's the the insecurities leave and the the stuff that you know you're good at is there. Yeah. That's what I'm what my drinks do is insecurities out the door, DJing is fucking full on. Whereas otherwise I'm thinking about everything else that's going on in the room, which I don't want to think about. Yeah, you gotta turn the artist brain off a little bit. Yeah. Like yeah, we're you're trained to do everything. So you're thinking about everything. Yep. And a couple of drinks is like, now nah, I'm just thinking about the party. Yep. Like Liquid courage, fun. right? That's what it is. Uh, so we've talked a lot about DJing, which is definitely, I don't know if it's half of your life even anymore, but uh, there's another huge part of your life we haven't even delved into, and that's producing. Yeah. So how did you get into the whole producing space, and was it always the dream? Uh, DJing was always the thing that I got into first because of my brother. Through that, he showed me like, old programs like reason and well, actually that's not old they're still being used but they were <laughs> old then um got into like reason and all that kind of stuff and then uh after that we started getting into remixes in high school so mm. ksr myself and another guy easy a crazy i actually have not heard is that, that the, is that the rick hansen crowd yeah, yeah yeah there we go no, rick hansen ran shit by the way 100 <laughs> percent ran shit shout out sp ran shit like we were literally hands down i'm gonna say a lot of it's probably because of ksr because like he had that west end video connect west end video yeah west yeah, end yeah, video definitely. connect like connect so when like he was coming out with mixes he'd have a cd he'd call like 40 shops and have his cds sent fucking nationwide I'm like yo how do you do that that's distribution insane. he knew it <laughs> I, he I had, had every outside connect. of toronto asked me like do you know ksr yeah and like by that time i was like early i was in the nax crowd and i was like yeah <laughs> i was like yeah. yeah they're like oh my god you were such a fun I'm like where are you from they're like edmonton I'm like, he he had that whole distribution thing on lock i did not have that mm-hmm. um so mine was like you make remixes and you kind of learn how to produce whereas he was like fully like remixing and i think that was Fucking great because it's it goes hand in hand with um, DJing. Like yeah. you can kind of, oh, he's sick at remixing. He must be a good DJ. So for me, I feel like production taught. Sorry, remixing taught me production. Okay. And then based on that, kind of just kept doing it. In school, kept doing it. After school, kept doing it. And then it was in New York where, um, Randy J, the guy who made Notorious Jut. Yep. He's shout like, out Yo, to Randy. Great yeah, man. straight up. Shout out Randy. It was great to meet him. I think Randy yeah. was like one of my first like guys who gave me a chance and was like, yo, I got a full ass album. Mm-hmm. 
I need to get it mixed mastered. You're going to school for it. Can you help me? Because the guys in India don't know what the fuck I want. I'm like, yeah, 100%. Let's do it. He came over. He flew or drove to New York, one of the two, yeah, and uh, showed up. We started working on the whole album. We mixed the whole album down. Everything was great. Then I went back to his place because I think he wanted to, or he added a new song or he changed something, and that was Notorious Jut. And he's like, yo, it's not coming out how I want. I got the chords. I got this, but like, I don't have this and I don't have that. I'm like, all right, cool. I got you. Uh, added drums. We added some like like string pieces, this and that, all the way through the thing. And then while we did that, we finished the record. And then Gummel was like, yo, I want to put like a a thing at the end of my mixtape, like a song or like a whatever, something. Something, yeah. To close he put Notorious Jut at the end of his mixtape. And that song, when I mean blew up, oh, yeah. and I don't think people understand, like it blew up off of KSR's mixtape. Like no, I remember that at mixtape. the end of the mixtape, there's a fucking it's the intro into produced it, yeah. song, and then that song went fucking worldwide. And I'm gonna big myself up. The ending that was a dubstep piece that everyone used to do in Punjabi songs, where the ending's dubstep. Yeah. That originated from Notorious Jut. That was me. I that was my take piece. the credit where it's due. Yeah, take 100%. the credit. I did not know that story yeah. at all. I'm so and happy that is, it came out today. Because Randy was like, yo, this is too fire. Can we do this? I'm like, yeah, 100%. Let's do it. Oh, he, and Randy is such a solid guy. Randy's a so, Randy's taught a lot, of, a lot of guys in Toronto. Like a lot of guys have been like, how did he do that? How did he do this? How did he, he was one of the first guys that was running shit in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's great. I, I recently got to like kick it with him properly. Like I've yeah. been a fan yeah. ever since that song came out. Like, yeah. yeah. Way back, like I, I'm pretty sure I entered it, entered to it at my brother's wedding. That's like crazy. it's just what it was, and I, I mean I entered to it at my own wedding. So yeah, you, you did go. actually. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good tie-in. Uh, and then it was really. And cool. Now I know the story behind it. I really didn't understand. Well, why I didn't even ahead. choose the song. Roman was like, "Yo, it's my favorite song. I need to do the song." I'm like, that "Yeah, cool. Amazing. I'm down. Let's do it." Yeah, no, that I got to kick it with him. He's just like a vibe of a guy. Yeah, I was. I would think like you, a guy who's like, successful and dropping a song like that is iconic. I'm like met him, and he's just like a. Really cool guy to hang out. We just kicked it, talked some shit. He's like, got. Hung out. He's the only guy that I know who's from Toronto and has like no ego. He's just down to work. Like if he brought a record to me, he'd be like, "Yo, can we work on this?" I'll be like, "Yeah, let's do it." Mm-hmm. If I brought something to him, he'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, I got you. What do you need?" Like he's not. He's never looking at something for himself. He's never. Uh, he's never like, "Oh, can I do this? Can I do that? Can I? Oh, I want this. I want that. I want this." I said, "Yeah, let's just do it. Yeah, let's just make shit happen." We had a whole conversation about like the notoriety that comes with being skillful as an artist. And he's like, I don't like it. Yeah. And he's like, I don't. I'm like, yo, honestly, that's that's one of the weird things of being like in the wedding scene or Toronto scene. Like if your name gets big enough, man, I can't even go get like a shawarma sometimes in like your neighborhood and somebody knows you from a yeah. wedding or da, da, da. But speaking of that, the, what was the moment you knew you made it like in this whole producing thing? I still don't think I have. Oh, wow. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I don't. I'm, I love where I'm at, but I'm never going to be the guy who made it because I'm always continuously yeah i don't i'll never and and this might sound like fucking cocky but i'm never going to be the guy that thinks they're the shit i don't like being that person i'll never be that person i will connect every single person i know Mm -hmm. and hook them up with every single person i know to make sure they're at the point they need to be but to me if the artist community is growing that's my level of success because then i'm helping do that but that's the best way to look at it i think and honestly that's great to hear because it's when you sit and look at even like like before this, I'm looking through your Spotify yeah. and going through them like, yo, your top two songs have something like 23 million streams. Yeah. Damn. That numbers. Is, yo, hey, I come, I do my research. <laughs> Damn. You know what I mean? I didn't even know that, but I'm fucking down. No, no. So it's obviously, it's, I'm up, it's, it's 
Gutty Red Challenger is sitting at over 12 million. Damn. Yo, round of applause for that. Yeah, that is two huge. million from the last that time. That is I'm huge. And, 12 million. Crazy. And in so far is 11 million plus now. 11 Damn. million, 128,000. That's at 11 million? And Gutty Red Challenger is at the 12. number one yeah. song you've ever produced, I actually sir. thought, nah. I thought so far. It's the number serious? one song Bro, on I've, Spotify. I, I honestly had to double check the numbers. I was sitting Yo, here. Yo, I'm going like, to double check. The, oh, my bad. I, I mean, look hey, stupid man. pulling on my phone. But no, like, I, I was, I was checking this. it so I would have my numbers right. Guys, I was like, JJ's yeah. actually checking his phone. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually that's that's super rare. Right that was my favorite thing when I joined the team. <laughs> yeah, that. Baboo. There you go, That's Baboo. crazy. Huge shout out. 12 million from just a comedic idea. It's right? not, yo, Baboo is so talented on so many levels that people don't even understand. Yeah. That guy is like him and Harmon. Baboo, arts-wise, 100% fucking talented beyond belief. Harmon is like literally the visionary behind Babu. Like he knows we have this group called the brand. Is it called the brand? No, the Babu experience. <laughs> and it's all about Babu's brand. And anything that relates to his future songs, his current artwork, to his book, to his whatever, Harmon is very strategic when it comes to what Babu needs to do. But at the same time, he lets Babu flourish, like yeah. do his thing. Yo, let's work on this. Let's make this happen. Hey, I want to do this. I want to try this. He lets him do his thing, which let's maybe sounds like uh, controlling, but it's not controlling. It's you do him, you. Gives him room. And then once yeah. you have that, let me see where I can place it. And I hope I'm not butchering this because no, I don't want to. No, no, I actually yeah. think that's, I, I think about that all the time. And in like my 20s, all I was like, I'm just going to do the art and it's yeah. fine. The older I get, I was like, yo, you can do the art as much as you want. If you don't put business behind it, it just doesn't go anywhere. Like yeah. it's, you can write whatever you want. If you don't, that's why you have management in for a reason. Right. Yeah. And it, the fact that they know each other so well and yeah. who knows each she other better them. than them. Right. Like yeah. you have full trust and everything in that situation of, Hey, here's my art. Do something with it. Cause then we, we all have those stories or you see all the stories of an artist getting taken advantage of. Yeah. Like there's a bunch of rappers from the early two thousands that are broke. Like yeah. that's straight up. You know, they got their magic to have somebody like Harmon to be like, all right, cool. So this piece fits here. This piece fits here. There you go. Arts out in the world in a way that it's, I want I don't want to say profitable cause it's not always about the money, but successful. Yeah. All right. So talking about Babu, Overtaken Garden on your Spotify page. 12 million to the 11 million. How crazy is that? It's fucking nuts, man. It made no sense. Like, literally, from him getting some random beat, trying to chase me for a year, my bad. Um, boom, my bad. Uh, coming to the studio, telling him, like, yo, he's telling me, like, can we do something that sounds like Notorious Judd? I want something that kind of resembles that. I'm like, yeah, no stress whatsoever. That's easy. Cake. And he's like, um, so... After we're done the song, he's like, mm, what do you think of the song? <laughs> it was good. Like, I'm, and I'm I'm done listening to like friggin' the top of the top, lyricist, this and that. So what do you think of the song? I'm like, I mean, yeah, it was good. You know, like I get it. It's good. I think you had a sick TikTok thing. He thought, I know it's going to do well, but I don't know how well it's going to do. In my head, I know it's going to do well. Yeah. How well is it going to do? To the point where right now, I think I'm at like 700K listeners a month. And I think most of it is Babu. Well, if you got 12 million overall, that's crazy, right? Yeah. To the point where Gutten messaged and he's like, yo, I'm going to quit singing. <laughs> and I'm like, to my head, I'm like, that's hilarious. Because if he's heard about it, yeah, that's insane. Like that means it's, it's, 
it's not even hit the realm of our people. It's hit, hit the realm of people that are bigger than we can even as, oh, aspire sure. to be. And it's hit all over the world. Like yeah. my boy is at a wedding in Australia this yeah. weekend. Australia, which I know you've DJed at, but it's on the other side of the I world. Know. You got to take three flights. And the huge, biggest song right now there yeah. in their wedding season is Guddy Red Challenger. So Ummer from Saiba, shout out Saiba yeah. Fashions. There we go. Ummer literally sends me a fucking video and he's like, yo, this song is huge. He's at a holy festival in <laughs> Delhi or Bombay. Or I don't know where the fuck he is yeah, across the world. Just, he's in Delhi. He's always somewhere. And he's just showing it. And it's just Guddy Red Challenger. People singing about Brampton in Delhi. Crazy. That's like awful. that's fucked. And it's, it's, it, yo, if I was like an artist, like I feel like artists should recognize, man, parody tracks and comedy tracks, they, but they yo, sell. It's, it's not a parody. That's the, yeah, the part that yeah. I feel like people believe it is. It's not. It's not a parody song. It's yeah. literally a song about no jats, no guns, yep. no daru, yep. no gun, like nothing, nothing bad whatsoever. It's just about having a good time. You own a challenger. You're from Brampton. It's a cliche. And people going nuts to it. That's yeah. the song. It's so authentic, right? Yeah. That's my it's favorite authentic thing at parties. Bubu. That's all it is. Yeah. It's people just enjoying themselves. That's it. The vibe's a vibe and people catch it and it's, it's a good time. It's the new Yaran Mulle and that's fucking wow. nuts. Like we used to drop Yaran Mulle to get people on the dance floor. Now we're dropping Gundy Red Challenger to get people on the dance floor. Yeah. Like that's fucked. I did when I did my first gig outside of Toronto. I'm in like Tampa. Yeah. The song is taken off, but it hasn't hit the full stride yet. Yeah. And the bridesmaids come up to me like, yo, MC, can you play Gaddi Red Challenger to start the dance floor? I was like, no problem. Let's do this thing. People are jumping up and down, going wild. I'm like, I didn't even know people outside of Toronto would know this song. Yo, worldwide. It's my tip, my tip. Two, one, two.